the way things work here on earth and that when there's there is greater darkness that gives the opportunity to greater light to integrate more of the truth of who we are because then light and dark become one and they're not one or the other but it's when the darkness level goes up which is at the moment happening that also that means that the light is going up and then the the light in not in a sense of good or bad um it's hard to explain these things without using that kind of terminology but in a sense of okay higher consciousness higher consciousness is at a very intense level at the moment available you got to accentuate the positive wow, i feel good you're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Nice to be back after a couple of weeks break and uh, yeah, here we are with another show. I'm in Portugal today with the delicious Tanya Castillo. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Tanya. Thank you. It's early in the morning over there for Tanya and it's afternoon here in Australia. It looks like, um, it looks beautiful with the vines behind you. You said it just started raining. Yeah, it's wonderful because it's been too hot has it ah darling lucky you it's it's not been too cold i have to say in sydney it's been a mild winter but you know winter can get a bit dull after a while you sort of dream about the beach and the sun again mind you people more year round in summer and my dog has decided to come and visit us (laughs) (laughs) as they do let me read your bio. So I met Tanya through a mutual friend and you're doing beautiful work over there in Portugal. I was just saying to Tanya, we had Ishtar Hal in our Inner Sanctum online group, beautiful teacher I had on the show last year and I invited him in as a guest teacher. And he's an American, but he's also living in Portugal. And I said, how synchronistic in the last week or so, I'm speaking to two people in Portugal and I've never spoken to anyone in Portugal on the show before. And it's like sort of like from the States to Portugal to Australia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's coming up. That I'll be uploading that. Well, I'll be uploading that before this show. But anyway, let me let me tell you about Tanya. So Tanya holds a degree in communication science and a postgrad in health and exercise. She has been a freelance selfpreneur. I love that since the age of sixteen and opened her first business when she was twenty-three. Tanya explored her creative talents through English teaching, educational projects, marketing. PR, as well as a creative director and is award-winning public speaker and author with her author name as T.C. Elila. Now tell me. Aila. 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 So that's your author name. She developed a philanthropic ventures all whilst also diving deep within herself to uncover all her hidden sabotage and potential. So uh, Tanya has written a chapter for the book, if I ever get it out, the next book on people's awakening journeys. I was just telling Tanya, I was reading, rereading it this morning. 
and uh, it's a beautiful story. It really is. You're, um, and something that everyone could relate to, I think. Uh, anyway, she is fully realized, divine human being, enjoying each breath with an inspiring certainty that her heart is to be trusted 100% of the time. She likes to be playful and calls herself a changeologist. <laughs> I think that's. <laughs> <laughs> a conscious explorer of the science of change and through her impassion inspiring passion coaching project she has developed what she coins as isness mentoring the art of creating a safe space for the reunion of human and divine through her work with conscious breath she accompanies people back to home in their center or to their center here and now to expand consciousness beyond illusion allowing each one's radiating wisdom to hold and guide the and embrace their whole self as one she has been experiencing the embodiment of lady ma uh, lady master nada as a conscious merging since the 11th of november 2011 now that's interesting we'll talk about that a moment to moment discovery of symbiosis between her own essence and that of the ascended master who dwells in the realms of deeper silence at the same time as her human self surrenders each breath to just being thus manifesting a purely blissful life which she cherishes and is uh, calls a blessing that is truly a profound and is truly in profound gratitude tanya's books include soul song the melody within which was originally published in 2010 but will be you'll be re-editing re-releasing it at the end of this year uh, be love beyond illusion published in 2012 and vice versa published in 2013 i think you're sort of doing over all of them aren't you at some stage sort of sprucing them up a bit and a children's book called so it's simple her website is impassioncoaching.com tanya so let's hear a little bit of your story and how it all started before we go into lady nada and how she introduced herself to you what was happening to awake awaken you to a, another reality and and start looking and searching into spiritual matters well, um, actually, my life before used to be pretty mainstream. Um, I was a workaholic and um, I've always been very creative and I've always been very sensitive. And as a child, I remember feeling very depressed many times, though I was also joyful. On the other hand, I felt like leaving Earth very often because it felt so painful to be here. Because of all of the nonsense, it didn't make sense to me. I used to ask myself so many questions because I looked around and I saw the suffering and I felt it. At the time, I didn't really know I felt it, if you can um, understand what I mean, but it hurt, it really hurt. Yeah. And I now realize the reason why it hurt is because I had chosen to during this lifetime, dive into my deepest fears and darknesses mm -hmm. uh, in order to transcend them. So it had to hurt. I had to have that reflection from somewhere in order to just uh, shake me awake. Mm 
Mm. I remember um, listening, to, listening to your story this morning, listening because I was listening to it because I got the computer to read it to me. And there was a part where you said, you know, there was a point in your life where you thought, why is all this crap happening to me? When is it ever going to end? You kind yeah. of threw me out to like, why? And, yeah. uh, and then you had a response. But anyway, go on. We'll get into that. Yeah. And so what happened was um, that life that I, so I sort of numbed myself uh, by living the life I saw other people living and that seemed to be the correct way. And uh, being in an entrepreneurial family, the correct way was uh, having to work very hard to prove my worth Mm -hmm. and to get anything done. I was always successful in any endeavor I, I started. The only thing is it was all a struggle all the time. So everything was an effort. And, um, that's the way it was supposed to be really because I wanted to be numb to everything else until I was ready to dive into myself. So that's how um, in 2008, no, in 2000, sorry, I got pregnant uh, from my first child and um, she was the one who sort of started um, shaking me more I had been shaken with the death of my grandfather, who was my father figure, and who had led this this very um, strenuous life. And that made me question, wait a minute, what am I doing? Is this what I really want? And then she came and she made me stop, something I'd never done before Mm. (laughs) until that moment, because I was sort of on a loop of rush all the time. And um, that's when I stopped and said, you know, wait a minute, there's something, there's something else here that I have to look at. Mm. And from then on, it was like, I could say like a marathon of awakening. Um, The way I can explain this is that I had this feeling that the time had come and I had to do it fast and consistently. And I will explain why later on, but I had this this, so much devotion and discipline, Mm. nothing could make me not go through my practices on a daily basis and um, be very, very consistent because I really, really wanted to find what was missing. Because I had always felt that emptiness that people feel, you know, your life can even seem perfect, but then there's that emptiness, something's missing. And I had always felt that since I was a child. And so that emptiness, I was determined to completely remove it. So I wasn't going to stop until I really, really felt it was fulfilled. Mm. So that yeah. got me on um, a very intense awakening journey in which yeah. I started diving deeper and deeper and deeper and exploring more and more. And I um, got into many different tools. So I became a Reiki master, magnified healing master and all, a few other things. It doesn't really matter now exactly what names they were. I know reading, reading this morning, uh, 
I was thinking, wow, dedicated and committed. Like you did so much, you know, you yeah. read so many books and did so much. I was thinking, wow, so committed. I suppose if I was to write my story, I would have been just as committed and driven, I suppose, driven. Yeah. Um, like it was a certainty that nothing was more relevant than that. Yes. Nothing. Yeah. Not yeah. I have two children, um, not even my children, not even my, not my relationships, not my work, nothing yeah. could be more important than that. Yeah. And um, sure, well, of course it hurt. Um, it hurt physically a lot. Many times I was bedridden because um, I really uh, pushed the shadow out mm -hmm. intentionally um, on a daily basis. And I have, um, it's easy for me to access uh, past lifetimes and, and things like that. So that um, they kept on coming in droves, the memories, uh, the aspects of personality, which had been stuck mm -hmm. in time and space for thousands of years. So you say it's easy for you. Has it always been easy for you? Or did, is that something that developed through your meditation practice? Now I notice that mm -hmm. the reason why I was like, I numbed myself mm -hmm. was exactly because I wasn't ready. So because it's easy for me, I would have come into that very easily. And I wasn't ready as a child and a teenager and even a um, a young adult until I was around 30. I used to find myself walking out of my body right um before before waking up and um i had a lot of out of the body experiences mm -hmm. though they frightened me to pieces because at the time i wasn't um ready for that so that's why i numbed myself so much until yeah. i could be ready to yeah. face it all you know because that's what i came to do and interestingly enough, like you were really successful in business. You had, you were a gym instructor and a dance, you know, an aerobics teacher and you were very super duper fit. Did you use exercise as part of that numbing process too? Because Yeah, that's it. And you know what the funny thing is, is though I was working my body, I yeah. was totally out of it. Right. I couldn't be in the body and not feel the pain I was inflicting on myself with this, my dog here, with all of the effort. The cat. <laughs> <She's coming up. laughs> because notice, um, I, I did so much exercise. I, I was actually addicted to yeah. fitness yeah. that I was inflicting pain on my joints and all of that, but I couldn't feel it. Wow. It, didn't, it made no difference. And that's, yeah, that was part of the numbing process, yeah. interestingly enough. And um, yeah, I, I can see, share I something. Doing that. I see people yeah. doing that with not me. <laughs> I sort of wish I had that addiction exercise, but I don't. But I see people doing that with their yoga and their exercise. Yeah. They, it becomes another drug. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it was definitely a drug. There was a time in my life where I could not live one day uh -huh. without doing exercise. Right. Then um, actually I fell into the, I, I came full circle with that. Um, and a few years ago, well, I stopped, of course, um, 
being addicted and all of that. And I was just practicing three, four times a week, you know, very simple, not, nothing strenuous. And there came a moment where I felt my, my essence said to me, you know, now we're actually going to stop, stop altogether, everything. Well, not even walks. Yeah, you're not even intentionally going for a walk or anything. Only if, if you feel like it and very softly, not with the intent of doing exercise. Okay, right, stop, wow. And now then, because I've been releasing belief systems all along, then of course, having been a postgrad in exercise and health, and having been a fitness instructor, owned a gym, all of that stuff. Of course, by this time, I was not already into all of these beliefs, but it brought back more layers of, oh, yeah, of course, we need nothing. Because as a soul being, everything is possible. And as I went through about a year and a half of sort of nothing, the interesting thing was before, if I spent like one or two weeks or three without exercising, I would feel some joint pain. Right. And in this occasion, the opposite happened. All of the joint pain disappeared completely. So I noticed what, what my, my integration of my light body was asking me was to completely release all adrenaline that might still be running around in my veins and uh, still be causing me to somehow, not me, my conscious me, but the body's um, sort of still a little bit addicted in, in some of my joints and that, to the movement and needing it to make me flexible, you know? That's so interesting. When I, I used to be really highly into exercise when I was younger and in my 30s, when I started expanding my field and doing all sorts of energy healing workshops, exercise became so painful. And I stopped being into exercise to the point where I don't hardly do anything anymore. And I criticize myself every day for doing it <laughs> because I just got into the habit of not doing it. Yeah. But it was, it's really interesting what you say about the adrenaline. It's, that's really interesting. Yeah, go on. So because my... Um... I was at that time already when, when I stopped very, very peaceful um, and um, living a very blissful life. But the thing I have come to discover is that there is more and more peace and more peace and more silence and more peace and more and more and more. And, more and it just grows. So mm. that was part of that process. And then last year, I started feeling like doing some gentle stretches and doing some movement in the water, but really gently, you know. So now I'm doing some yoga, but on my own terms. Not because I need to, I need it for my realization or anything, because I'm living my life in realization. It's none of that. It's because it feels wonderful and juicy and yummy and sensual in my body. But it's, it's to be effortless. Mm. Mm. And, and this is one of my ground rules, effortlessness. It's not that I have any rules, if you know what I mean, but yeah, this flow of peace and silence that, that is in me and, and comes through me, it, it's that, it's just effortless. 
and nothing that requires effort makes any sense anymore. I just can't do it. I know, I get it. And it's so contra to what we've been conditioned. You know, when I think about losing weight and I think of the effort involved in losing weight, running, going, doing lots of exercise, you know, dieting, it's so full of effort that I just never do it. And and then I try to grapple with uh, how it could happen effortlessly. Mm. um, But the conditioning comes back and says, no, if it's going to happen, there's going to be a lot of effort involved. And so there's argument with me constantly about the effort and the non-effort because everything else in my life is effortless. Everything. So why should losing weight be any different? Of course. And um, it's so fascinating the thing is also that happened to me with food yeah um um, i started not feeling feeling like having breakfast for instance and then later on i came into the notion that that was called intermittent fasting i didn't even know that existed but um it just all happened very naturally because i was always feeling into my body what what does my body want now So now I eat once, twice a day. Sometimes I don't eat at all. And that doesn't mean I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm lighter in terms of weight. I'm not, Um, I actually gained some weight. Um, So, you know, the thing is we are so conditioned as to what our body's shape should be like and what is healthy and what isn't. And I've never been healthier than I am, than I am right now. My skin is, I don't use anything on it and it just glows and doesn't need any creams. I don't use detergents and stuff. And even soap, I don't use it every day. You know, I just wash with water and things are so, so different. And there were so many ideas about what to eat, uh, what to, but then again, most of my food is organic, but that's just because that's how things are naturally happening because I have my vegetable garden and because I have friends who have vegetable gardens and because I live in the countryside and I hardly ever go to the supermarket because I don't need to because everything I have in my life inside and outside is delicious. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it reminds me, I was chatting to a friend about this. uh, Penny Kelly is another teacher I've had on the show who, 40 years ago, she's in her 70s now, some beings contacted her and, and gave her all these images of life and the future and beyond. And and then 20 years later, asked her to write it down. So 20 years ago, she wrote a book called The Robes. Anyway, they showed her a future like 200 years into a, 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 a probable future Earth, right? And mm-hmm. that's what people lived. She said that because when she was being shown, it was like a virtual reality thing. Like she, she sat on the couch and closed her eyes, and then she's like in the like she's in the in the image. She's not just seeing; yeah. it, she's in the image. And she mm. said, "I looked in the cupboards in the kitchen, and there was no food in the cupboards in the no canned food, no wrapped food, no plastic food." She said they had what they called the kitchen garden, and all the yeah. food they ate came from the garden. And then they had this technology that was like a dome that created the atmosphere so that the food mm. would grow like it was 200 years. So they had technology. But yeah. uh, 
it just I'll never forget that image as she's telling me I'm imaging and you're just sort of speaking about like I'm I'm living that but the the beautiful thing you know what it is is that it's happening so naturally and so effortlessly it's not because I keep myself to beliefs uh, you know that I have any kind of um I'm against this or that or the other and that I'm conditioning myself in any way to live like this. It's not that at all. It's just an allowing, you know, Mm. it's just the allowing of of what feels perfect for me. Feels right. To happen. And it happens naturally. It just comes my way. Uh, Even the place I live in at the moment, which is beautiful. It's really beautiful. I came to live here um, a year ago, and um, <laughs> this is dog. Milo. We're being harassed <laughs> by the animals. The animals are attacking. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> in Portugal. <laughs> He's having a lick. Oh, that's so Please. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you can edit this, can't you? Sorry about that. That's a, that's the best bit. Okay, he's he's, he's he loves to be caressed. Oh, God. So, so as I was saying, you know, yeah, as you were saying, the the um, now the place I'm living in um, is because my mother has a huge house with two houses and. She was like, you know, when you don't you want to come and live there? And I was before I was, oh, you know, I don't really know living right next to my mom and, um, you know, what it's like. Well, we, I love her and, and she loves me and we get on really well. But it's always, you know what, your mom. But then I accepted and I, I did come here and have, we've been doing some renovations and stuff. And it feels so perfect. And the thing is, she is so different each day she's more you know more joyful and um she's so loving and it's just not the person from before right it's it's a whole new person a whole new relationship so what i want to say with this is that you know when our soul invites us to do something there can be no conditioning of, you know, what, what things were like or whatever, because it's in the moment mm-hmm. and things happen in the perfect way now. So what's perfect right now is not necessarily what's perfect in a few, in a few moments. And that has also been a huge, huge change because um, in the moment I had my, I can say my moment of realization, which I'm thankful that it was sort of, um, like an atomic bomb because it made things easier for me. But the reason why I realized the reason I was in a rush to do my, you know, be that dedicated, devoted, um, discoverer of who I truly am was because I had somehow put in place a date and a time at which, um, my Kundalini would rise but it would rise with with such um an explosion that if i wasn't ready i would have gone crazy or ill or i wouldn't have managed to sustain that energy that was unleashed and that consciousness that presented itself for me 
So then that's why I was, then I realized, ah, okay, that's why I had to do it like that. So yeah. that moment was back in 2013. Mm -hmm. um, and it was um, during the night. And um, all of a sudden, I started feeling my heart pumping really hard. And then I... I was faced by this huge fear, like huge, huge, larger than life. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, because I had been integrating all of these fear aspects and all of these lost children um, from so many lifetimes and all of the pain and all of those things that you, that you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then that fear came huge and I looked at it and I didn't flinch. And in that moment, because I was no longer afraid of fear, all of a sudden, I exploded. So what happened was, I can't, of course, define this very well in words, but it was like an explosion and my whole body was tingling and my mind just went completely blank, completely. There was absolute, utter silence. And then I felt this surge of love so big as if my mind itself had fallen, finally fallen in love with my soul, if that is possible. So sort of that merging of body, mind and spirit happened. And the mind just, you know, kneeled in front of the soul said, I am at your service. Basically, if explaining it in words it's basically that mm. and in that moment i was liberated from all emotional turmoil all pain all struggle it was a complete flip of the chart and i felt huge i wasn't only inside my body though i felt it very intensely tingling all over like it was sparkling and there was this bubbling joy coming up and i couldn't and i was laughing but i was crying at the same time and it was amazing and i was all over the place mm. not only inside the body mm. and all of and this i had felt a huge love for humanity and the world until then many many times but then it was just so all-encompassing that uh, judgment was completely switched off at that moment mm -hmm. so then I could see who we are uh, I could see it all as just perfect the way it is you know mm -hmm. such a love that is undescribable really and then when I got up, well, this went on for hours. When I eventually summoned the strength to stand up, yeah. I was very wobbly. Yeah. It's as if I had to relearn how to even move uh -huh. because I felt like, wait a minute, but is this tangible? <laughs> is my body tangible? It felt very uh, transparent, felt strange. But then, though my mind was off and I couldn't think, and my body was sort of tr tingling in that transparency, and I didn't really know how to move, but I was moving, 
then in my heart, there was this absolute bliss, peace, complete peace, complete peace. I didn't know who I was at all in that moment. I had no notion of personality of anything. And it went on for, for days like that. And I was, you know, just, wow. And then after a few, I had to go and teach English. (laughs) (laughs) Is this the moment where you speak about like crying out, like why has life been so? No, no, that was long before. That That was was long before. Oh, yeah, okay. we'll tell you about that one it, in a while. It sounds like you've had like an in-body NDE. A Kundalini, yeah. I suppose, is like an in-body NDE, but you don't have to go through some dreadful accident. That's it. Just I felt like I you. died in that yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. Literally, I died in that moment. Yeah. I did. Yeah. So that would have been around the time I was introduced. That was on the 11th in- of April, 2013. I must have met you just after that maybe the year after you met me in 2016 i think oh, was that in 16 okay all right yeah yeah and so then how did i teach english well so i of course had to go to school and had my regular at that moment actually um, a few hours later i had to decide what am i going to do with this am i going to remove myself and um, you know go somewhere alone and just just stay in this and not do anything else. And then I, of course, remember, no, I have my children and I'm here to support them as well in their own path. And um, though I didn't feel like a mother at that time, I can say, I, I, haven't, I had no notion of personality really for four days. So it was strange. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, no, I decided, no, no, wait a minute. No, I decided to come and to earth this time to do this, really, to live this embodied realization in everyday life yeah. with people and with normal tasks. That's what I came to do. So, yeah, of course I'm staying. So then <laughs> I'm staying, but you're not only just staying you know, staying here. Uh, no, I'm staying and bringing this into real life. Into daily life, which is so interesting because that's the crux of the questions that we asked Ishtar about. The synchronicity is just bizarre. Is exactly that. So people were asking him questions and it's like everyone asked him the same question. So how do I be a mother and, 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 a, and a wife and a partner and a son and, a, you know, and maintain that same um feeling i get in meditation or you know Mm. it's just the embodiment of it it's like instead of just knowing that it's possible and listening to other people's stories and and reaching for it and you know with my clients one in particular just this week has the most incredible website with the most incredible information on it you'll ever hear read and yet does not embody any of the wisdom she teaches and Mm -hmm. When trying to get her to embody it, she 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 pushes back, and and it's so interesting that we can have all the knowledge in the world. Yeah. Not when it comes to that. Yeah. It, only you can do it. Yeah. That, that's the thing, you know. You can read all the books, do all the courses, everything, but then only you can do it. Um, just not to lose the point, but I I, I want to come back to this. Um, the thing is, what happened, what I learned is 
it's just allowing. Mm. It's just allowing. So I had been inviting my essence into my life for years, mm-hmm. especially from 2008 onwards, more consciously, like, please come. I want to know what it's like to, to live through you. And so, yes, I do, because, you know, the human has the free will to choose if we authorize our essence to come in or not. And if we authorize our essence to lead our lives with us, not for us, with us. Mm-hmm. And that's an important key. And I said, no, yes, I surrender. Please show me, show me, you know, show me how it is. Show me. I don't know. And I had been, that's where soul songs came from, from mm-hmm. sharing these experiences in 2010 and eight, eight nine, 10, 11. And, and so when um, this happened, I realized that from that moment on, there was no other way to do it anymore. You know, I couldn't, because my mind was completely waiting for command from my essence. So, so it didn't know how to do it now. It had been used to being in control and, you know, doing the normal thinking that we grow up and we know how to do. But then it, it didn't know that. And it, so it had to learn. My mind had to learn how to function. So even in the English classes, as I was saying, I, I just, you know, imagine I want to explain some grammar and I had no idea about it because my memory just (laughs) blanked out you know so I just caught myself to the board and waited took a few deep breaths and waited no one noticed of course but I was like okay I'm waiting (laughs) and then I just started writing you know okay and then I just started explaining if you ask me how what I was saying, I didn't know because, you know, it was just the way it's coming. It's coming through. So then it's the other way around. Instead of um, channeling my soul, now it's my soul channeling my mind. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's so true. It's the it's, reliance upon it, which is so interesting. It's, it's what it was coming through in a session the other day. It's you know, we've been conditioned to be to rely on the thinking mind, the logical mind, the yeah. thinking mind, the subconscious mind, instead of relying on the guidance to be you in every, everywhere, every, every situation, action, everything, the yeah. reliance upon it. And so, you know, as we talk about connecting to our guides or our higher self or the ascended masters or our galactic it's out somewhere right yeah there is this separateness and then you connect for a minute and you get a message and then you like let go instead of then it's off then it's off instead of it being on all the time yeah all all the time and you rely on that connection for your next thought your next action that's it so that's why i say living from the heart 100% of the time. And here we're not talking about the emotional heart. We're talking yeah. about the essence. The heart. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. and that's what it's like. It's a constant allowing. It's allowing myself to not need to know. Yeah. Because that's it. Yeah. It's like, you know, I never know anything really. Yeah. I know it in the moment and I can speak such wisdom. I'm listening to myself. 
<laughs> when I speak wisdom and it's like, wow, fantastic. That wow. And then in a few moments, I won't remember, but I don't care yes. because I'm still in that blissful flow and I don't need to know because it's inside of me. Yeah, it's like you don't need to remember anything because you have access to infinite intelligence. So if you need there to you something, are. then you just reaccess it. And then it's like when clients come to me 20 years later and they expect me to remember everything they told me, right? And, yeah. and I'm like, I never write anything down. I don't even write That's down the name and address. And they come and I have don't even remember them. And then <laughs> as soon as I tune into the frequency, it's like I spoke to them yesterday. That's so it. It's so interesting how you can just access, access all areas. You can just access it when you're yeah. in that place of allowing, as you say. That That's it. And mm -hmm. as to the, um, how this happened, and, and maybe this could be helpful, uh, is like this. There came a moment in... 2008 or 9 something like that when after all of the work I'd been doing um, very consistent as I said and really dedicated and all that my soul says to me okay so now you're going to release all of the tools and I'm what all of the tools yeah you're going to release magnified healing this that everything and I'm you sure yeah 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 can you trust me can you trust me that much? I said, oh boy. Yeah, well, okay. So you're going to go and get all of your manuals and throw them in the recycling bin. No, you got to be kidding. Now, so can't I give them to someone else? Just no, because that is yours. It, you have put your consciousness and energy into what the way you've learned. And by giving them to someone else, you're conditioning them. So just let them free to, to find their own resources in their own way. Don't condition, don't, you, we don't need to condition anyone. No, just throw it in the recycling bin. It's going to make the recycling um, blessed. <laughs> With all of it. Just playfully, you know. My essence, I, I feel every essence is very playful. Mm -hmm. Very humoristic. <laughs> And I'm like, oh boy, how, well then, but you know, what if I need to look something up? Have you been looking anything up? Like how long has it been since you've looked anything up in these manuals? Well, yeah, not really. You see? Okay. So I grabbed a big bag and I put everything in there and I went to the recycling bin to the paper recycling bin and everything inside and i was i was trembling i can tell you i was afraid i was really afraid because by that moment i had come into the habit of creating all of those protection you know the tube and the ball of light and stuff like that and i was like becoming dependent on that to leave home protected and what my soul was inviting me to do was no no I am your protection. In me, you are protected because basically there's nothing to protect yourself from. What I am inviting you to do is to open up even more. Open up, be completely open. There's nothing to defend yourself from. There's nothing dangerous in this life that we are creating. Nothing is going to attack you, hurt you. Nothing. That's gone. 
and then the aspects would come, you know, back home of, of being killed this way and that way and the other way and all of those things, all of that suffering. And, and then I say, okay, I, I accepted and I stopped all of the practices except for breathing, obviously, mm -hmm. but using the breath as my connection tool. So using the breath to come into my essence and just stay in that very safe space from within and know that I did not need to put anything around me to be protected because it was inside. I mean, the safe space. Oh my God, how didn't I know? I've been looking all over the place and it's been here all along. Mm. Wow. I don't need to look anywhere anymore. You know, it was such an epiphany. Mm. It's here. Oh, wow. That makes it so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's this allowing of, you know, surrender completely, even if it, even if it makes you really afraid initially that you're not going to be safe or because then that's good. That's good that those things come up because those are voices of personality aspects that are looking and seeing, wait a minute, something's different here. Mm -hmm. Is it safe to come back home now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those, they will only come out of hiding when we remove even those light armors or whatever you know light armors i know when i was a young empath i was going from guru to teacher to psychic to reader i asking that same question how do i protect myself how because i felt so assaulted by vulnerable yeah yeah you know assault because you expand your field you start to feel everything not only your own yeah uh, negative and limiting narrative but you start to feel everybody else's and um, people's thoughts and, and yeah. fears and all of that yeah and um they all gave me those you know doreen virtue said ask archangel michael to come and surround you in this blue light yeah. golden light and purple light and and everyone's giving me though these and none of them worked uh what i realized was i had to stop uh believing my stressful thoughts because only the vibration within me could allow other vibrations to um, penetrate or to be in your field, to be, to be in, in your field, rather yeah. than just passing through me. Like, because yeah. we're going to be, we're marinating in fear on planet Earth, right? So we mm -hmm. bump up against it. But as an empath, it doesn't have to affect you negatively. It just moves through you. That's it. You become transparent. You become transparent. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But for that, you have to open up completely yeah. to everything, to everything. Let and it go, will be painful. Drop the arm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It will be painful initially, of course, because there are feelings and, I mean, emotions to work through. I mean, not to work through, even not to resolve. I don't even believe in resolving anything. There's nothing to resolve. It's just to bring back home because they're all illusions. I mean, what is there to resolve in illusion? Illusion is the way it is. It's perfect the way it is. Yeah. It doesn't need to be resolved. It's the play. It's the Leela. You know, um, so the kundalini experience basically dissolved all your um belief in the your, rest the, the limit yeah. so before that it sounds like before that you were doing years of personal growth work and then it wasn't that much you know i started in 2004 intensely right so yeah. it was short 
And then the Kundalini experience just dissolved the illusion that you had to fix or heal anything. And it just reminded you of who you are, which is, you know, the work that we do on the show and in the inner sanctum and Paul Selleck's work. And, you know, Paul says that, you know, when you reach the upper room, as you, as you say, you did during the Kundalini experience, there's nothing to fix or heal because there's no fear in the upper room. You know, the upper room being the, 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 the embodiment of the divine would be the upper yes, room. Yes, that's it. Um, that's but it. until we get there, we're trying to fix ourselves and heal. Trying ourselves. to figure yourself out. And, and I feel that that's where people go around in circles. Yeah. Uh, as you're trying to figure things out and trying to fix and heal and, and um, resolve, mm-hmm. then you're not trusting their inner wisdom to show you that it is there it's just there waiting with its palm like that to hold those fears those everything just hold them for you and bring them into that space of void which is inside our center in our safe space and it just you know so the thing is you don't have to have reached the upper room to do it like that because i was doing it like that until this moment happened Mm -hmm. it's just trusting trusting so it's coming into a space of such compassion that none of the things you did in past lifetimes and in this lifetime and the things you thought and the things people did to you and all of that is viewed as something to be judged. So there's no, it's good or bad or whatever. It is, it was an experience. There are experiences. And the reason to remember them is also not to get caught up in the stories because the stories are irrelevant. Mm -hmm. It's the learning that came from that experience that as you allow it to come closer and to really come into you without fear of being destroyed by it, then it comes into that space of void, of, of just silence, where it's, it is alchemized. And all of the illusion is just removed from it. And what stays is the treasure of the experience. So when I'm working with people, when we do this integration work, and, and a large part of someone comes back home, and it's sort of dissolving in that blissful lake of isness, as I call it. And I ask, so what now is the gift for you? What gift remains from this part of you that will, that will serve you? And it's always, uh, of course, the opposite of what the experience seemed to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, if the person was in lack, now the person will feel abundance. If the person was in fear, it will feel love and, and so on. I think it's important to, when listening to this and anyone that's had um, near-death experiences or spiritually transformative experiences of Kundalini, not to reach for that. And no. Be um, satisfied that you're not there and that you're in that place of seeking or remembering or opening or expanding, yeah. even if you're in your trauma. You know, that, that part Stay in... Stay with it. Stay with it. That part in your chapter where you were in that place of of experiencing so much contrast and trauma that you're you're screaming out, why why is this happening to me? And and you received the why, like you received the answer to the why. Do you want to speak? Yeah. In that moment, a friend of mine was doing a Reiki session on me, 
-hmm. And I all of a sudden saw myself on the other side before incarnating. Mm -hmm. And I, w I didn't have a personality then. So I wasn't a man or a woman or anything. I was just this, this soul, this being. And I was with the karmic board. And all of a sudden I realized that they are this absolutely loving, caring um, reunion to help you decide exactly how far you're going to go in your incarnation and to let you know that you're supported and, and everything's okay. They're not, I used to think before when I was dealing with judgment mm -hmm. that the karmic board were sort of like, you know, there to pass judgment and it's so totally the opposite. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I was there and I was saying, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that and that and that. And yes, yes, I'm going to transcend that and that and that. And, and Jesus was very, has always been very present in my life. Kept on asking me, you sure that that's exactly what you want to do? Yes. said, yes. And I was so joyful, you know. I was so happy that I was having that. Finally, it's sort of, yes. I mean, I've been waiting for this for thousands of years. Finally, finally, yes. I am going to overcome all of this. And I was like, Oh gosh, it's so good. It was a rush. I'm going to do this finally. It's the time. Gonna put a lot of contrast on your plate, so to speak, knowing that the more you piled on there, uh, the more beneficial it would be to yourself yeah. and somebody else, really. Of course, because at that time, in that moment, I was not in any kind of personality. Uh, it didn't hurt at all, right? <laughs> so, but I was told repeatedly, know that we are with you every step of the way and in my childhood whenever i felt very overwhelmed and i felt the pain very strongly and i i felt like committing suicide very often mm -hmm. but i never really did anything to it it was just a, a thought because i had done that before several times in other lifetimes mm -hmm. and um, i used to feel this loving um, energy coming into my body and all around me and just hugging me and saying, it's all right. It's okay. It's going to be okay. And you're going to stay here because you have come to help thousands of people. And I used to hear this and it didn't make sense. You know, it made no sense at all. Help thousands of people. This must be my imagination. But I felt so good in that warm embrace that I just, okay, okay. You know, I felt really, really supported. At that time, I didn't have an idea what it was. I had no idea what it was, but I just felt it. It came to me very often whenever I felt very lost and sort of, oh, I've had it. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> you know, this is so important. <laughs> during this this time this time of exposure disclosure mm. um, this time where the light is hitting our planet and information is coming out about exactly what kind of world we're living in that is shocking it's frightening and to the sensitive soul like you and me who came to be of service to this world it can be completely overwhelming. 
Mm -hmm. uh, to realize, you know, we, we get a sense that earth, earth school is a hard place, right? And there's a lot of terrible things that happen, but then you can live in a bubble where you don't know about any of the terrible things and life's a dream and it's blissful and beautiful. But at the moment, 2020 year, 2020 and beyond that bubble is bursting because there is this, disclosure and exposure of mm -hmm. exactly what kind of world we're living in and it isn't pretty <laughs> yeah and you so, know about yeah. about the living in the bubble it's very interesting you only live in the bubble if you are in judgment of uh what's going around in the world and then you need to somehow uh protect yourself from it um but when when you come to a point of complete acceptance because you know that that's the way things work here on earth and that when there's there is greater darkness that gives the opportunity to greater light to integrate more of the truth of who we are because then light and dark become one and they're not one or the other but it's when the darkness level goes up which is at the moment happening that also that means that the light is going up and then the the light in not in a sense of good or bad um it's hard to explain these things without using that kind of terminology but in a sense of okay higher consciousness higher consciousness is at a very intense level at the moment available and that's only happens when lower consciousness comes out of the hiding spaces it happens the same way inside we can only access higher consciousness more fully when we allow our lower consciousness which is our shadow which was hiding in the dark to come out and show itself and look it in the eye and see it beyond judgment and know yeah I think that, I love it, I think that what is happening and what is the, is the usual response to seeing the shadow, if you like, the, whether it's your shadow or, or around you, whatever, shadow, yeah, is that the disagreement with it, this, I don't want this, this is not right, this, you know, I have, it's, this is to, so the judgment and the disagreement mm. and so, um, and then in order to create a better world, I have to rebel against it. Fight. I've got to fight it. And so I'm going to go out in the streets and burn shops down and scream and yell and, and yeah. no control and I don't want to be controlled and this is not right. And so, uh, yeah. It creates more shadow. Right. It creates right. more fear. And um, I've noticed for me particularly that my life is the opposite. So the more all of these shadows are coming out my heart rejoices because right. that makes it possible to work through it and to integrate it and i am more and more and more in that absolute peace i am in if that is possible i don't i don't even have a way to explain it it's so much peace it's indescribable but it's as if it's as if this is my only duty as in a sense there's nothing else for me to do than to 
be the embodiment of this peace. Because as I am this, as I look around me and I see what's going on through the eyes of compassion, without judging it wrong or right, or without feeling that I've been um, um, conned, which is the basic feeling around like for some people that's the feeling for others it's total fear because they're lost in the illusion of things but anyway um on one hand it's how could how could they have done something like that but if we look into the history of earth that is what's been happening ever since atlantis and before i mean it's always been how could they have done something like that yeah and Always when that comes intense, mm -hmm. we have the opportunity to just be like a rod that is expanding the peace around us. Just being that, just being the full embodiment of that. So it's not running away, away from everything. It's just knowing, knowing so deeply that you are not illusion, that you are not, you are something else just knowing it and allowing that it brings even more shadows out actually <laughs> but for when you turn up light you get to see the dirt for, that's what for a wonderful I'd say. reason think about, yeah if, if you live in a dirty house like let's call earth a dirty house when you turn up the light you get to see all the dirt but when the light is and dim, how can you clean it you if can... you don't see it yeah okay so let's get a little bit specific you know just what's happening in our world at the moment, you know, I have a lot of light workers that are contacting me all the time, new world teachers, difference makers, you know, people that want to, that care. And they're all up in the, you know, everyone in Hollywood's a pedophile at the moment, like they're just like a pedophilia thing. And it seems to be the most heinous thing that you could ever be or do in this world. And so um, this whole pedophilia story uh and exposing people so there are some people that have been exposed that have been jailed and died and you know like there's a whole realm but people seem to be feel justified in their disgust and mm. hatred of this topic uh what would so you know your high what i what i have guidance. to share about that is you know uh, one of the key things here on earth that we have a little bit of trouble understanding is that it's just about you. Everything is about you. So the way you perceive is you. You perceive through your own perspectives. And the question would be, how much are you willing to love you? If you are willing to love you beyond anything you have ever allowed before, you will come into this space of peace inside of you where you will realize that being in hatred, that being in this against mode, it hurts you. It hurts your heart. It, it hurts you. And that's the, the basic thing. Exactly. So the question would be, and this is really hard, especially if we're talking about light workers and people who have the idea that they work for the sake of others. It's an illusion because no one can do your ascension for you. 
And in order to do your own ascension, it's just for you. Of course, as you're doing it for you, you are creating ripples in the whole of mankind that change consciousness and that bring these lights on inside of people's consciousness. They don't know where it's coming from. So all of a sudden they're asking themselves stuff saying, oh, wait a minute, maybe it could be different. So just by, we tend to also in, as we were saying in our spiritual process, we seek outside and we ask for the masters to guide us and to tell us and we channel and all of these things. And we tend to forget also in this, it's always putting more importance outside. But what you have inside is the gift you have, we all have for humanity. The greatest gift we can give humanity is being fully just for you. Because you can't be for anyone else. You cannot influence other people's free will. Imagine I had chosen to come into this incarnation and experience something with a pedophile. I could have done that. And that would have been my experience and my karma to resolve and my journey. And I would have needed it for me and that person also. And as gory as this may seem, the world is full of this all over the place. If you start looking, it's all over the place. You can't, you can't, you can't hide it. And if you feel, you feel. The thing is coming to a point where you realize that the judgment only intensifies the pain for everyone, even for the children who were harassed and molested. It intensifies the pain. The judgment does not help them. But your loving care for you can turn on a light in them that reminds them, wait a minute, but I am more than just this victim child who has been mm -hmm. abused and who has forgotten that there is more. I am more. Wait a minute. And that person can come to a point and will, if they allow higher consciousness, of forgiveness, which is forgiveness in this case is not saying, oh, no, it was already pretty good what you did. No, that's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is letting go. Letting go. It was an experience. The person who went through the experience will understand its purpose fully for themselves and will go beyond and into a love much deeper, much mm. grander. People mm. who have a very easy life have much more trouble accessing higher consciousness because mm -hmm. excessive comfort is a, a big karmic uh, um, shield actually it's it's a big burden yeah interesting as esther would say from the teachings of abraham you didn't come here to have a feathered nest <laughs> that's not and why if you, you do <laughs> if you do it's because you have really hard stuff to work through because it, it seems really nice but you feel empty inside all the time yeah we have had this discussions with other people that there are um i think it was with rob schwartz there are some souls who do choose a holiday life like i want to have an earth experience and not have to go through karma or trauma or con okay. just to whatever it's okay 
yeah, just to experience the earth as as the earth is without having to sort of work through all the contrast. And, you know, some people do. They have these really easy lives. Um, but the majority of people don't choose. And you can have a lot of dharma with you that you've already sort of resolved a lot and now you've yep. just come to enjoy. So that yep. happens as well. But um, yep. the, when I'm, ta I'm talking about those people who have these really seemingly perfectly lives, but seem, but always feel there's something missing and feel oh, empty. Yeah. And, and that's pretty much every successful movie star, mm. business person, you know, they have the physical trappings yes. and yet they're so <laughs> And yes. and driven and yeah that's what yeah. i'm talking about and that makes it hard because yeah. i mean if you're going through a really painful lifetime i mean there comes a moment when you say okay it's enough but if it's not that painful um saying it's enough is much harder because then you might say it's enough in a moment and then you say oh you know but this feels so good like this why should i move <laughs> Yeah, exactly. exactly exactly yeah getting that point across to people getting the point that it's all about you it's all about you because there's only one of us in the room you know when when you work on you uh, like your judgment of another even if they've done the most heinous thing that you can ever imagine and you could never imagine you ever doing that your judgment of them is your judgment of you Yes, and if you then look at it, and I had, I have concrete examples of that. I used to feel very, very bad whenever I heard stories of um, rape, for right. instance, um, and it was terrible. And I, I felt, oh, how can anyone ever do something like that? And of course, then in in that journey of bringing back lifetime upon lifetime um, aspects of personality, I came across the rapist um, of having not only been raped myself more than once in lots of lifetimes, but having also been the rapist. Yeah. And the same thing with the assassin. I came across the lifetimes of actually killing others and finding pleasure in it. Mm -hmm. And even killing my own children, I came across life, a lifetime like that. And I, I, at that moment, I understood the complete loss that that mother was at and she couldn't cope and she couldn't cope and she really didn't know what to do. And, you know, if people don't face these things inside of themselves, they're walking a clock, um, clock bomb. Bomb, yeah, ticking bomb. Yeah. They're ticking bomb. They they can they can burst. They can erupt any moment. They don't know what it. They don't know when. Yeah, yeah. It's not for us to judge another person's no well plan or, or or karma or or you know what they put piled up on their plate and um and how it's uh, serving. It's not to say like that we're gonna what foster that and yeah. say that it's okay, but we yeah, just. I think that that's where people get really lost in that if I accept this, mm. if I love this, if I condone this, then I'm agreeing with it. And it's I'm not, not love this. this is, <laughs> yeah, you can love it. Um, yeah. I, think that, I think that people don't understand that, you know, like the guides through Paul say, when you see the divinity uh, in it, your attention to the divinity in it transforms it. So people seem to think that if you condone something and say, 
um, it happens. It's life. It's okay that it happens on planet Earth. Then you're agreeing with it, and and that you're not actually doing something mm -hmm. about it. But if yeah. you see the divine Leela, the play, the karma, who's mm. to say that the rapist wasn't raped before and the child, you know, you know, you have to look who's at... Who's to say that they weren't playing opposite roles before? Yeah, yeah. you have to look we at the, know. the picture, not just the one lifetime and the one event and the one act. Yeah. There's a, you know, there is an eternal story here and the, and seeing the divinity in it is seeing the eternal story and... Yes. And, and then... You know, and but, not needing to know all of the stories, you know, because we're not here to play God. We're, we're the God that our minds have created as the judgmental one that we're not here for that. We are God also, all of us, but not that judgmental um, one that will punish or whatever. And when I say it's not necessarily that you love because love in the mind's concept, it's that you fall into such deep compassion that is the greatest possible love. Mm -hmm. that you can see it without tainted glasses mm -hmm. and you can just accept it as it is and be with it that that is actually the process of integration for each and every single human if you cannot just be with it whatever whatever you find is heinous in yourself if you cannot come to the point where you really accept it's there and you cannot sit with it and just and just allow it then it cannot dissolve mm -hmm. and it's going to be there and you are going to potentially be that i'm just looking at the time i cannot believe how quickly the time has gone it's just been yeah so beautiful wow. with you it's just flown past but um so i, I want to end with um there's so much more to your story obviously and um we could have talked for much, much longer but uh, I think that in these times, it's been an important conversation for people listening to this, who's ever listening. And um, so, so being with the shadow self and accepting all aspects of yourself is what people can do when they're feeling disgusted and um, repelled <clears throat> and appalled by yeah. what's being uncovered in this world um not just pedophilia there's a whole slew of other things so many things. right and we're all we're all in the thick of it but what else would you suggest that people can do who really feel like they want to make a difference in the world and they want to do something with their life i mean working on themselves is is the best thing we can do really mm -hmm. but um what would you say to these people who feel like so um okay first of all breathe <laughs> <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> breathe. Allow the breath. Allow the breath to embrace you. It's not just a regular um, breathing, like ventilating. Is you know, come into the breath, breathing through the nose, breathing softly but deeply, allowing the breath to embrace you, so you can gradually see a different point of view. And I would say again, if you want to help the world. Um, look into these things and release the victim, abuser, savior triangle from within yourself. So you will, if you feel abused, you will find the abuser inside of yourself as well. Sometimes it's much harder to identify where are you abusing. So, you know, one of the greatest things you can do for others is stop 
being abusive. And it can be very subtle. You can be abusive, for example, by arriving late all the time, mm -hmm. or by complaining all the time, mm -hmm. or by being excessively perfectionist and ex needing to have everything under control is abusive. There are so many ways that are very subtle. Doesn't being an abuser doesn't mean um, going around killing and uh, raping and all of that stuff. It's no. If you feel there is a victim in you, like if you feel a victim in parts of your life, then you are an abuser for sure. Wow. Okay. And well, the savior. Say that again. I want you to say that again. Say that again. If okay, you feel so, like you're a victim in some part of your life, then you are an abuser. You and are. if you feel you need to save anyone from okay. anything, you are an abuser. Wow. That is massive. Massive. That is massive. How can that be? Yes, because if you are seeing the victim in someone else, you are not respecting their that they also have a higher consciousness that will reach them in the right moment. Exactly. God. So if you want to save them, scream your words, you know, this is how I live my life. And I get a lot of backlash from, um, well, not so much from my clients, from my daughter. Anyway, it's like, if I don't, uh, sympathize with your mm. problems, um, it's seen as not showing compassion. Yeah. And I, I say to people, I don't do sympathy because yeah. sympathy says you are a, a, victim. a victim to the, the trauma. And I don't see you as a victim. I see you as a, as a, an extension of, you know, the source, which is the infinite exactly. creator of your universe. I see you as empowered. So don't tell me, don't spend too much time. You've got to listen to people. On the victimness. On the story of the poor, the poor me, poor me, poor me. And yeah. um, I get a lot of backlash from that because to be a healer or a nice person, it's seen to empathize, sympathize with, oh, that's so terrible, poor you, poor you. Yeah. And I don't do that. And um, Actually, what I do is I go to the opposite side. I say, okay, so where are you the abuser? Yeah. And that shocks the living daylights out of people. It's like, me? How can I possibly be the abuser? Say, well, you know, you're wanting to be good all the time and wanting to be um, the people pleaser. The people pleaser has this um, pattern going on big time, you know. The people pleaser wants to save everyone from having to do things themselves, but only to save their own ego. Yeah. Because they are the only ones who know how to do things properly. It's like the enabler. It's saying, uh, I'll fix it for you because you're not strong enough to fix it for yourself. There you are. Yeah. So how are you seeing the other person as, as not empowered? As not empowered. As a victim, as poor me. Yeah. There. I feel that more than more relevant than even the abuser than going into, okay, where am I the abuser? And mainly people are abusing themselves. That's the first point, obviously, but going into the savior, the savior is the hardest one to transcend because we have been taught and indoctrinated for millennia that saving others is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And that we're all supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. Even now, all of the pandemic um, agenda 
is mm -hmm. to get people to believe that while if you wear a mask, you're being you're good for them. others. Right. So, and we're not going to go into that conversation, that but it's the, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. So mm -hmm. releasing the savior um, addiction, mm -hmm. the savior keeps you fed because it keeps you getting, it keeps people fed. It keeps people getting energy from others, the recognition energy that they need to feel fed energetically. You get energy from that. That's because you feel a victim, because you feel you don't have enough. You need the recognition from somewhere. You need to be good. And Tanya, you see this so much in spiritual circles too with the guru complex or the sex yes. complex. Um, yeah. So uh, I've, I feel this is the greatest gift anyone can give humanity. Doing this for themselves will release others of the burden of you. Okay, say that again. So doing this for yourself, so uh, like... Discovering your own looking into your own circle of victim, own. abuser, savior, and transcending that releases others from the burden of you because you are a burden on others until you don't need their energy anymore, until you don't need to survive. While you're in this, you're in survival mode, no matter what you think. People think maybe, oh, no, I'm very spiritual. I'm not in survival mode. You are. If you are pretending to be a savior, you are in survival mode. Okay, so what if they don't see themselves as the savior? They see themselves as the awakener. So that's what I call it. It's myself. the same thing. That means I you're superior. Then, yeah. That <laughs> means you know, you're superior. I awaken people not through, you know, you have to listen to me. I awaken people through putting other people on my show. That's and different. Sharing our stories, you know, because and it's even, not about me being your guru. It's about yeah. all of us, you know, learning from each other. Yeah. And yeah. You can only be an awakener if you are doing it yourself. I mean, it's just being the standard, being the living standard of that effortlessly. You are that. I mean, you cannot not be an awakener if you are fully awake. I'm, if you're doing it's the work. not possible. Yeah. It's exactly. not possible. Yeah. You don't. It's not something you do. It's something you it's are. It's something you are. Yeah. It's natural. Oh, dying one. I have to go because I've got something else to do. To yeah, me with. too. I've got a person now to to oh, work it's with. Been so blueful and joyous and wonderful i've loved it with you. Too. i don't know why we put it off i suppose i wanted to get the book out before i put you on the show but that didn't happen like two years on i haven't got it organized so it'll happen it one doesn't day. matter yeah but such a joy thank you so much for being on the show thank you thank you i'm so honored and blessed and i've i've got my microphone on my hand because of the wind because <laughs> of the wind and we were listening to the rain in the background, which if we just remind people where they can find you again, impassioncoaching.com. In passion, I-N. Passioncoaching.com. And your Facebook page is also... In Passion Coaching. Coaching. And, also and I don't do coaching, by the way. <laughs> you do one-on-one -on -one sessions? You do? I, yeah, I do. Yeah. But I call them business mentoring. Business mentoring. I know. Love it. I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> You're a tool. <laughs> Thanks again.
Thank you so much, Karen. I really enjoyed it. Such a blessing. We must talk more often. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, what a joy. What an absolute joy talking with Tanya today. Uh, we've been chatting on Facebook and different places for, you know, years now. And um, oh, anyway, it's always divine timing when people come on the show. I was just telling her afterwards about the synchronicity of, you know, a documentary I've just watched today that's been put out, that's been anticipated and, and then that's some, what's been happening with clients and just the whole conversation was so synchronistically dovetailing with everything that I've just thought about over the last week or so. And, um, and as, as you'll know, if you've been watching, uh, if you watched my last bit to camera, uh, just, just me talking about creating our own reality and not getting too swept up in the, in the narrative of what everything that's going wrong in the world of the pedophiles and the pandemics and the control dramas, you know, like, <clears throat> yeah. So just beautifully synchronistic, gorgeous, beautiful, divine. <laughs> I loved that. Oh, she's just a joy. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for watching and, um, and staying till the end, <laughs> listening to my little two cents at the end. Uh, we had a beautiful time with Ishtar Hal in the Inner Sanctum. Hopefully this will that will have been uploaded. Um, I tried to upload it twice today and it failed. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, I'll try again tomorrow or tonight. And uh, lots more people. I've been busy over the last couple of weeks of not interviewing people um, or having conversations with them as I do on the show, uh, booking people in. I've been very busy booking people in. So there's lots of amazing people coming up. And Sue Walker is coming into the Inner Sanctum, who is someone I had on the show recently. I just squeezed her in as an extra guest teacher because I normally book a year in advance the people for the whole year. But I just loved my conversation with Sue about the Ponti, the Ponti, the, the humanoid extraterrestrials that live uh, here under the Sandia Mountain in New Mexico and her telepathic communication with them. Uh, if you watch that show, I, you know, I had Sarah, one of our tribe in the Inner Sanctum. She had a million questions. So she just sent me her questions. I thought she'd have one or two, but she had heaps of them. And I just used her questions for Sue. <laughs> that was easy. Didn't have to think of anything. But yeah, I, we can just quiz her. Just fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. And uh, Mary Rodwell's coming up in the Inner Sanctum September and Penny Kelly's coming back into the Inner Sanctum, I think, uh, in November. And uh, I think Mother Mary's coming in. Um, uh, anyway, I have to have a look. It's, it's all on the website. A few other people and lots lots of people coming up for the show. So, so remember to get the book Awakened by Death. Um, you know, Tanya is one of the authors that we're having in the next one, which is just about people's spiritual awakening journeys. Uh, kundalini experiences and all sorts of death experiences it's all not just themed uh, a death it's all about spiritual awakening if i ever get this book out as i said it's taken so long people come and go people say no i don't want to be in the book anymore yes i want to be in the book anyway it's been a, a journey in itself trying to get that book out but uh, just rereading tanya's chapter this morning made me think oh this is so good i've got to get this book out <laughs> there's, such, there's so many great stories anyway i'll do it i'll do it one day one day soon, hopefully before the end of the year. Thanks again. Love you all. See you soon. Bye for now.